This is a podcast from the South China Morning Post. So hi everyone, welcome back to a new episode of Inside China Tech. I'm Zensu, a technology reporter with the South China Morning Post, and this week it is all about China's two sessions. So it's basically a series of meetings every year that happens, you know, with China's top political advisory and parliamentary body. And today I have with me my colleague Celia Chen, who is based in Shenzhen. We are gonna talk about. Technology founders who are at two sessions, you know why they're there, why more of them are going in recent years. So yeah, we're gonna dive right into it. Hey Celia, how are you doing today? Yeah, hi, it's good. So Celia, tell us what exactly are the two sessions? Actually, the two sessions are China's most important annual political meetings. You know the event always starting March. I mean this week and the last for two weeks. The reason why the event has a nickname of two sessions or Lianghui because the event is made of MPC and CPPC meetings. I know the names are very complicated. For us, you know, MPC is National People's Congress is China's top. A legislature and the CPPC is Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference. It's a government political advisory body. So yes, Celia, I think you're you're definitely right. You know, the MPC that's the legislative body, and then every year they sort of ratify policies into law. And for the CPPCC, that's more representative of the civil society, where like you know they discuss everything from like tech and like health and like the economy. And so, you know, I think in recent years there has been a very large tech angle because we have more and more technology founders who are coming as CPPCC delegates, right? So tell me, Celia, who are the prominent tech founders who are at the two sessions this year? Baidu's founder Li Yanhuang and Tencent, Tencent's Pony Ma Huateng, and we also say. Uh, Xiaomi's founder Lei Jun and Sogo's Wang Xiaochuan. So why are all of these tech founders at the CPPCC? You know, the tech billionaires are among the most sought-after delegates by local medias, and why they are here because I think CPPC meeting is the very close way for those tech tycoons to say a thing in the. The industry and and submit proposals.、Uh, okay, cool. So, what are some of the proposals that have been brought up by the technology founders this year? Pony Ma Huaten, the founder of、uh, Tencent, for example, he emphasized the importance of basic science, and he he owned the huge risks ba- faced by the country if the basic science is ignored, and he also emphasized the the importance. Of developing Great Bay Area, he also called for the government to, to step up ethic regulations on emerging technologies such as big data and AI. He also called for the government to step up、uh, ethical regulations on emerging technologies such as big data, AI, and gene editing. 
Yeah, so, you know, speaking of Ponima talking about ethical regulations, um, I think uh, Baidu's Robin Lee also called on our officials to put a special emphasis on the ethical development of AI. So, you know, obviously, um, he has said that it's better for, you know, for humans to enjoy the sort of bonus or the advantages brought by AI when we are able to better sort of handle the relations between machines and humans. So yeah, I think that's pretty interesting because, you know, obviously AI is is a very big part of the Chinese government's plans to focus on technology and this, this is also a big, important strategic area that uh, China is trying to sort of catch up with the US or even outpace the US. Yes, I also um, noticed that Robin Lee has given comment on the US China trade war on the sideline of two sessions, right? Yeah, um, it's quite interesting because for these uh, sort of tech founders or tech tycoons, obviously they do their own proposals, but outside of these meetings, sometimes journalists do get a chance to ask them questions. So Robin Lee has said, you know, when he was posed the question of whether or not the US-China trade war will affect Baidu, he has said that they basically do not have major businesses in the US. They mainly do like R&D there, research and development. So uh, he doesn't sort of foresee that there will be like a big impact on Baidu. And so Robin Lee has also said that he thinks that AI is a very important sort of field where both China and US can collaborate and also sort of compete while, you know, enjoying sort of leading positions in this in this technology. And he also has mentioned that he hopes the trade war will end soon and, you know, that that would facilitate more sort of healthy competition between the two superpowers. So, so Celia, you know, I mean, obviously we've talked about basically what Robin Lee and Pony Ma have said at the two sessions meetings, but I've also noticed that there is an absentee this year, this tech founder that, that, that has been absent. And I think SCMP broke the story on that. So can you tell us a little bit more about this tech founder who wasn't at two sessions this year? Yes, then you're right. You know, Richard Liu Changdong from JD.com was not attending the event this year, despite he is the CPPC delegate. You know, SEMP actually broke break the story that Richard Liu has applied for a leave of absence from this year's meeting. Also, JD.com delighted to give a specific reason that why Liu is not there. So it's quite rare, basically, for delegates like Richard Liu from JD.com to not attend the two sessions because, you know, as I understand, the two sessions, I mean, as I understand the... CPPCC meetings usually have something like 3,000 delegates. And this year, I think only 24 people have applied for a leave of absence. Yes, that's right. And uh, Celia, you know, um, one very interesting thing that happens every year at the two sessions is we often see these videos of journalists lining up in the middle of the night. And, you know, before the government work report gets released, like journalists queue as early as like 12.30 a.m. in the middle of the night in the hopes of getting like a good spot, getting the uh, government work reports and being able to sort of look through them to break the news of what's upcoming for China this year. Are there any other interesting sort of anecdotes from uh, 
the two sessions that you've heard, what are some of the quirky things that journalists do at these meetings? You know, the journalists always um, wait a long time to enter the two session meetings. But when you're in the two session meeting panels, during the panels, sometimes it's very boring because most of the questions are pre-approved. But you still have the chance to be called on um, to ask tough questions. First, you can wear bright colored clothes. And those delegates are more likely to give questions to a journalist in the red over coat than who is in the black coat because you know so many people wear black suits during the conference and i think they can you can stand up and shout out your questions at end of the meeting some delegates may answer a question if you ask such a tough or interesting question and you also can chase after the delegates because it's rare a chance for reporters to try and post uh, questions to break the news but most of the time, the delegates just keep silent. Yeah, so, you know, I've often heard sort of stories from other journalists who cover the two sessions. So most of the time, it's really just running around, uh, trying to doorstep um, delegates and ask them questions. But most of the time, this is very fruitless because lots of them choose to not comment. And, you know, it's really sometimes depend on your luck for the day or you know it really depends on your grit and perseverance if you manage if you manage to get them to talk to you okay so one very interesting fact of this year's two sessions is that during the government work report when they were reading the government work report for the first time in years the made in 2025 initiative was not mentioned so the made in 2025 initiative is a blueprint for China's plan for technology supremacy. So that involves everything from semiconductors to AI to 5G to chips to robotics. Yes, it is very interesting because they talk about that for three years, but certainly there was no mention of it at all this year. Yeah, so, you know, obviously the Made in China 2025 was initiated several years ago and they've been you know putting a lot of emphasis on it sort of naming national champions sort of putting out outlines of how they hope these industries would move towards however the no mention this year obviously comes uh, comes amid this huge u.s china trade war backdrop where the u.s has been very increasingly suspicious of china's efforts to achieve technology supremacy and you know as we know right now the whole huawei and u.s issue is still ongoing so just yesterday huawei sued the u.s government for banning it for uh for banning it from supplying equipment to federal agencies and the u.s has also long alleged that huawei's equipment could be used for chinese intelligence So this is something we will continue to unpack over the coming weeks. So definitely stay tuned to Inside China Tech for more insight into this developing Huawei story. Okay, Celia, I know that there is lots going on in Shenzhen. So thank you so much for your time for coming onto this podcast to discuss the two sessions with me. Where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Celia Chensi. So that's at C-E-L-I-A-C-H-E-N-S-I. Also, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at Zensu. That's at Z-E-N-S-O-O. Also, we are putting out 
and almost daily coverage of tech news, you know, be it Huawei, be it about the two sessions. We're doing that at scmp.com slash tech. Additionally, if you enjoy this podcast, please rate us accordingly on iTunes. We are also available on Spotify and Stitcher. I look forward to seeing you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.